0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Beast Mode podcast. My name is Aaron Bees. I am a wife, a mom, a military veteran, and I spent 13 and a half years in multi-level marketing. And now I'm using all of my platforms to help raise awareness and hopefully to prevent some people from joining an MLM and or help them heal their way out of it as well. So I'm really excited because I have Jamie with us today. Yay. And Jamie was a part of doTERRA. And so I'm really excited to hear from her because I, we were just talking about this, but I don't think doTERRA is talked about a lot. I mean, Young Living has been talked about a lot lately because of current events and the company being in the red, but I'm really excited to one, hear your story, Jamie, um, but also learn about doTERRA and I'm sure you have lots of stories.
1: So Jamie, you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on Aaron. Um, I'm really happy to be here. So I, I also am a mom, my kid's nine now, uh, he was two when I joined doTERRA and stayed in for four years. So it's been really just over the last few years that I, you know, have been coming to terms with that time um, and finally starting to kind of join this conversation um, after being kind of behind the scenes for a while. But um, yeah, I'm also a student. Um, I like to joke that my MLM didn't work out. So here I am again in my mid 40s in a career change. I love that. Um, but my background is as a massage therapist and a certified holistic health coach. Um, so I, I kind of came into doTERRA with that background, um, already being in the healing arts and that helped me to feel qualified, I suppose. Um, yeah. Love that. So
0: what, like, let's go back to when you you said your son was two son or daughter. I have a son. Son. Okay. Let's go back to when your son was little and you decided to join doTERRA because I think this is a really important thing and it's been coming up a lot lately for me, the vulnerabilities that you were in when you were drawn to MLM or uh, like that kind of story. Because I, I really want to start focusing on some of the, the vulnerabilities and the pain points that these companies train their people to look for. So whether it's, you know, stay-at-home moms in a new role, uh, being being a new mom, Um you know, the health and wellness companies go after people that are, you know, looking to lose some weight or the time of the year, new year's resolutions and like all of those things. So I'd love to hear, I guess that would be a good place to start. Tell us about that. And if you can look back and identify any of those vulnerabilities.
1: I would say it was absolutely in a vulnerable um, time in my life for a few different reasons. And, um, it's, I like that you use the phrase pain point cause it helped me kind of think about like how I got roped in. Um, so I had been, I mean, a few things were happening. I was experiencing postpartum depression um, that was complicated by the death of my father which was unexpected and, and I was very close with him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I was experiencing a complicated grief process um, at the time. And I also had financial instability. Um, so, the friend of mine who introduced me to doTERRA had done so a year or two prior. And um, at that time, I had been making my own line of massage and body care that were carrier oil and essential oil based. Um, you know, coming out of the spa industry, it's, I had a lot of exposure already to essential oils. And she had pitched it to me then it didn't really stick or land at all. Um, it just didn't seem relevant to what I was doing.
0: Well, Uh, you're in the
1: midst of this great grief period, you know? Yeah. So then, um, yeah, we were on a walk one day and she mentioned the upline in our city and you know, stated how much they were making or guessed how much they were making, you know, she's making about 15 K a month. Wouldn't that be great? Oh. it be great. Right. We're all indoctrinated in this country to want more money. Yeah. Especially when you're financially struggling. Um, so, I mean, at that point we had established enough of a friendship that I sort of just trusted her and didn't question anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I also still had an active massage practice. I was not health coaching so much turned out. I didn't really love being a coach or marketing as a coach. And Mm it also turned out that my massage clients didn't want coaching. It's a very different market.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and also the product that I was making had a shelf life and I just was not able to sell it quickly enough. Um, and So it sort of answered a lot of questions for me Yeah, and I didn't question any of it. I showed up at one of her classes, bought a kit, resold it to one of my clients and didn't understand that I wasn't just going to be selling essential oils or supplements. Yeah. Cause that, that wasn't discussed at this meeting. I didn't attend the class. I showed up like at the end and just left, you know, like I wasn't hanging out with these (laughs) I wasn't hanging out with them. Um, So yeah, it wasn't until she started texting me little inspirational business coaching things that Mm. I, and, and it took me a while to even look at it. And when I did, it was about belief and it really kind of threw me for a loop. I didn't know what to make of it. I really like stood there confused for a while as I was watching, you know, this, um, inspirational lecture on belief. I was like, how is this related to running a business? I just didn't get it. I didn't get that mindset was such a big part of being in an MLM. Yeah. Oh God, that's huge. And
0: you already believed in essential oils and what they could do and how they can help and, and all of like, what are we talking about believing in? Well, Now we know belief in the company, belief in business model, belief in yourself. And I would say probably this is just my estimate. This is just based on my personal opinion. I would say 80 to 90% of the training that we see in MLM is based around mindset and beliefs, limiting beliefs, those types of things, because that's, in my opinion, how they keep everybody indoctrinated. Oh, well, you you know, you, uh, you didn't hit that rank. Well, that's because you didn't believe in yourself enough. Like what, you know, who I, Tony Robbins comes to mind so much with this stuff, because he's like, who did you want attention from the most when you were growing up, your mom or your dad. And then these, these people, and I used to do similar stuff like this. That's why I'm speaking on this. You know, they, they would say things like they would try to replicate what he was doing without the expertise of doing it, which is so dangerous. Like, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I, am I'm going back to the conversation when you were on the walk with your friend and I can sympathize with her because I think that there are people in MLMs that really do think that they're helping people. I look back at my journey with MLM and I really did think I was helping people. It wasn't until I started to step away and go, well, just like you, well, what are we believing in here? What it, why does everybody, for me, it was, why does my leader keep talking about herself? If it's about the team or if it's about the product, why are we constantly talking about the business? And it was those questions. And I had to step away to be able to ask those questions. So it sounds like, that's what was going on with you too, but it was almost like from the beginning it sounded like. Um, I'm sorry that what was from the beginning the the questioning of the beliefs as you were looking at yeah. the training,
1: right? Yeah, I mean we <laughs> that was really disorienting. Um, but you know, I I I had really been wanting to transition out of doing body work, and shortly after I joined DoTerra, I. Um, I experienced a shoulder injury that I really should have not worked through, but I did. So it didn't heal very well. Mm. Um, So um, I did attend, you know, her weekly business trainings at her house, and it took me quite a while to kind of understand that it, it wasn't reselling essential oils. It was this whole other thing. So we would sit around the table and recite scripts about how to sell memberships and loyalty rewards programs and that sort of thing. Um, And I was like, okay, that, you know, that doesn't sound that complicated, but you know, you just sort of get these layer by layer exposures to what it really is. So you're not selling essential oils, you're selling memberships and you're not just selling memberships. You're selling recurring orders. Yeah. Um, and sort of how that all fits together, especially with, you know, for example, the encouragement to get your order in before the 15th of the month. Why is that right? Because everybody has to hit rank and you don't want to scramble at the end of the month. Yeah. Just all these little layers that don't come together until, I mean, honestly, for me now, looking back, yeah, <laughs> it's a little fuzzy, but I'm starting to really put the pieces together and, you know, make sense of it.
0: Yeah. And I don't think you can put those pieces together when you're in the midst of the chaos. You know, I, there are some teams and some companies where the chaos is a little bit different. The smoke screen is a little bit different, but it's the same kind of method. Uh, You know, for me, it was lots of Zooms, lots of, hey, emergency Zoom, hey, we did, we need to do this, you know, events for the team um, that are close to events for the company and this weird kind of competition that we've seen. And there was just this chaos that, that created zero space to ask questions. So I really don't think that anybody can put those pieces together when they're in the midst of trying to actually be successful in their MLM business. There's some sort of a pause where that cognitive dissonance starts to show up and you step away and can start asking those questions. So tell us about how, tell us about being in doTERRA. What did training look like? I know you said you went to her weekly classes, her business, business classes. Did you guys do Zooms? Did you attend any company events, stuff like
1: that? I did it all. I was, I was quite dedicated because, you know, I really thought I was going to make it happen. So. My initial meetings were just at my enrollers house and, um, they were led by her upline and, um, those were every week for a while. And then my enroller ended up dropping out essentially. And I worked with her upline as my mentor over the next three and a half, four years. Oh, wow. Um, So we had her up, (laughs) her upline was our sort of regional team leader. And so she would do um, fairly large um, monthly meetings. So, you know, I'd check in with my mentor every week. Sometimes those were live training. Sometimes it was just on the phone. We also had weekly team calls. And then we had these monthly in-person community meetings. Something that just occurred to me recently that, that, you know, I'd never really considered before are diamond upline who's now a presidential diamond which is the 0.04 percent in the company whoa um you know would charge us five bucks to go to this class and like five bucks isn't a lot but you know it's like when you're making 15,000 to over a hundred thousand dollars a month do you really need to charge your fucking (laughs) excuse me right no you're fine we we this is not a children's show you're good (laughs) I can yeah my my I love it um (laughs) You know, I was like, really? She charged us to attend those classes when. And this was know. monthly community class. Yep. It was a monthly community class. And how many people we, do you think were there? We, we have, you know, when I first started, it was maybe 25 to 50. And then it, we got a bigger space and it um, probably a hundred people ish. Yeah. That's 500 bucks for
0: a a space, probably a conference room of of some sort at a hotel or something like that.
1: It was at a center that um, sort of had, I think it was like an ecological nonprofit. I mean, there were a lot of things about my team that I really resonated with. There was, you know, this, um, the leaders on the team were naturopathic physicians. They had been yoga teachers. There was sort of this wellness, strong focus. focus. Thank you. Um, And expertise, right? These people were credentialed. So it felt like um I could trust them. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, I was a certified holistic health coach, but I had also considered going to naturopathic school um, to become a naturopathic physician. So um, when they did these trainings, um most of them were on product education, but they would come up with protocols for specific diseases. I mean, the, the disease claims and the income claims were commonplace. Yeah. I mean, you were brought in off an income claim.
0: Wouldn't it be nice to make Mm 15,000? And that's one of the things that I know, you know, this, but that's one of the things that the anti MLM community is screaming about is one of the many things is the fact that they make these income claims and we call them out on it because we see the income disclosure statements from the companies that comes from their company. And what they're saying is not accurate. And they're potentially bringing people in on this false belief and then inundating them with belief training as business training. And
1: it's this circle talk, you know, like- We we did have, um, you know, business trainings that were more straight up sales oriented. And we had sort of process over after process that we were introduced to. So we'd work with one system for a while and then they'd find a better one, one that was uh, simpler, right? It's never easy, but it's a simple system. So if you just show up and do the steps, it might not be easy because girl, you got to get out of your comfort zone, but it's simple, but it's simple. So if you follow the simple steps, just 25 simple steps. And you're in there 15, simple steps, you know, that's so, (laughs) So, um, it's just absurd. It's just absurd. Um, what rank were you in doTERRA? So I, uh, hit the, the first rank of elite, um, pretty quickly, uh, you know, mm, my first three to six months or something when I was, yeah, enrolling people, but not, you know, I was still doing my massage practice. So I wasn't trying to do, do doTERRA full time. Yeah. And I stayed at Elite for the majority of my time, um, which means that I may have broken even on my product order with what I was getting paid. But then when you factor in childcare, um, all the business supplies and expenses associated yeah. with that, the events, um, convention, uh, I did go to one out of town coaching training with some of the leaders, um, all kinds of trainings. I really, you know, showed up and tried to understand essential oils, you know, and something I'm kind of unraveling now is the education because they talked so much about being education focused, mm. not just education about the essential oils, but really that idea of showing up to serve people, right? One of the we're helping people, we're changing lives, right? And that was something for me too that I didn't have this life changing experience with Doterra, so I couldn't talk about that with my customers or my prospects. Yeah, that would not have been authentic for me. So, were you encouraged to share other people's stories? your upline story, their Um, their big aha moment, those types of things. Sure. Yeah. It was, you know, like if you don't have the story yet, feel free to use mine, which there, the thing that I find so interesting
0: about that is let's just look at this from a social media perspective. People come to your page. They like your content. They like what you're speaking on, but then you're introducing somebody else's story. That's also in your company that they don't connect with. As a testimonial, it's not like any of I've never seen anything like that. You know, if you are, you were saying that you were um, a coach, right? So you sharing testimonials of people that were working with you is very different than me sharing my uplines testimonial and how they were able to, you know, whatever kind of income claim they're throwing out there. People can't connect with that. You know, it's just, yeah, I never, I, I don't know. I just, and like you, I couldn't see that at the beginning. I couldn't see that when I was in the midst of the chaos. It's only been since I've stepped away that I'm like, well, why would I be sharing their success story? Mm-hmm. I should have my own. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I I probably did social media all wrong. I mean, I I honestly really sucked at recruiting. I was great at enrolling customers. And, um, you know, I don't know that these customers who were just in it for the products understood that they were part of my downline. Yeah. Um, but they were, and doTERRA does differentiate when you enroll somebody, whether or not they're a customer or a builder. And it's really just the difference of supplying your social security so that you can receive income. Um, however, you know, everybody's on the same downline. Um, I did have a Facebook group and, um, you know, I really wanted to just sort of use doTERRA as the quote unquote vehicle, um, so that I could do health coaching without having to charge these huge coaching package fees, um, or even just hourly fees, right? Everybody got a membership overview when they enrolled, um, And, you know, the value in working with me as opposed to just any other wellness advocate was that I was trained in holistic health. So I felt like I could offer that. And I, I built a team of, I'm going to approximate it to about 150 people. Wow. I don't have my account anymore, so I can't look at it. Yeah. You know, when I got out, I really just slowly backed away and took a couple years to really not think about it. Um, I kept up my qualifying order for quite a while, and then I let go of that and still did the loyalty rewards for many months. Then I let go of that and just had my wholesale account. And then my upline came to me and asked for my team. Oh, so what? I, yeah, I mean, you know, it was like, we know you're not keeping up your order. Um, I had had a very positive relationship with her, but you know, it's, it's pretty clear that it was money motivated yeah I mean we don't have a friendship now she'll like a post of mine every once in a while but there were there were not um mean people on my team like there was a a culture of kindness um so you know I didn't have any of the negative things that can happen when you leave but I also didn't leave and start talking out right away or have it it just took me a while to be numb about it yeah um but yeah, she asked for my team. And you know, this this also was after not hearing from her for quite a while, you know, and it was one of those things where I was like, I wonder if I just if I stopped reaching out to her, if she would reach out to me, and she never did yeah. until this time. And um wow. So, you know, and it was an interesting experience in itself trying to cancel my account because the people at DoTERRA kept emailing me back saying but you're gonna lose your points. Or what about the, lo- Don't you, aren't you gonna miss the loyalty rewards order? It's like, if I never have to what say- is that- the,
0: What is a loyalty rewards order? Can you clear that up for us?
1: Sure, so um, if you open an account, a wholesale account with doTERRA, um, it's highly encouraged to also order something every month so that you can earn points back. Okay. Which, you know, just like any MLM thing, is overly complicated. Facts. Overly complicated. There's all, <laughs> all these different layers. You can, to stay active, you just have to buy one product a month. To qualify for points back, you have to order over 50 PV. To qualify for income, you spend 100 PV. And to get the free product of the month, 150 PV. 125 PV. Oh, I was close. <laughs> So close, <laughs> but you know, if you're a builder, um, you're definitely buying at least 125 PV. You have to have oils for samples, for classes, for all of that. Yeah. Um, you know, and you're getting that in early. So yeah, that's the LRP, and you know, that's that's what I ended up explaining to people all day long because it was confusing. People yeah. would circle back to me time and time again. I'd send them the link or, you know, it's like you try to get a little bit more automated. So you're not having to verbally explain this to people all the time. And our team was well organized. We had resources. We had what I understood at the time to be good training, Um, you know, and that's not, that's not what I wanted to do for people. I was used to working with people one-on-one with body work and health coaching and, I didn't see myself working with people one-on-one explaining membership terms. Yeah. That was not what I was in it for.
0: Yeah. You wanted to help
1: them with their health.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how did that conversation go with your, your former leader when she said, Hey, I haven't, you know, I'm just paraphrasing. Obviously she shouldn't say that, but um, she probably said something along the lines, haven't talked to you in a while, but I wanted to ask you something. <laughs> how did that combo <laughs> go? <laughs>
1: I noticed you haven't been keeping up your order, you know, and there's this, the other um, thing about our relationship since we'd, we'd traveled together, we'd done many, many things together, um, which, you know, we're also pretty much all business or doTERRA related. Um, so she asked for my team. I mean, like I said before, she hadn't contacted me in quite a while. Um, There were no hard feelings when I left. It was just like, you know, you gave it your best shot. Um, She, you know, this idea that you're not supposed to complain to your upline or that you're not supposed to complain to your downline, but you can Mm -hmm. complain to your upline mentor. Um, We'd been working together for long enough that she definitely shared many of her complaints about her team with me. So I felt like I had a tiny window into the trance like what's really going on. Um, and I knew that other people on her team would not hand over their downline when they quit. And I knew how she felt about that um, and we had had a positive enough relationship that I, I, I didn't hesitate to give her my team, but by that point, this was the fall of 2020, I think. Okay. I've seen the Netflix episode "Unwell." That was a great show. So good. Oh, if you guys haven't watched that, please go watch it on Netflix. It, it was so good. Yeah, it was great. Um, I had listened to the dream, um, like the year before I had been watching Leah Remini's um, mm-hmm. documentary. And so I was starting to starting to kind of get an understanding, right, of what I had been in. I, it was starting to come to light. Um, so, you know, I basically just said, let's have a conversation about this. I'll give you my team, but I want to let you know where I'm at. And I, you know, was sort of very early in discovering anti MLM content and, um, understanding what an income disclosure is. Cause I never saw one for four years. Yeah. Um, it's not talked about. I'm actually going to pull that up right now. I want to pull up. There. Yeah. I got it up too here, actually. Okay. Um, so, you know, I basically just said, I'd like you to acknowledge the work that I did. She, you know, she was always very supportive, very, very love bombing the mm-hmm. whole time. You know, I got so many gifts and flowers from her and her upline. Um, often, you know, rewarding me for what I was doing because it benefited them. I mean, it's like, yeah, kind of goes without saying now. And you just don't understand that when you're in it. Yeah. So I just, you know, we ended up having a conversation, um, and I didn't quite have the language for it at the time, but I, you know, essentially said, I'm pretty sure this didn't benefit me. It benefited you. Yeah. Good for Uh, you. Yeah. And she was very receptive and, you know, I think she validated my experience to the best of her ability
0: I love that you had a, it sounds like a culture of kindness because uh, that's definitely not what is typically seen, especially when you have somebody that's starting to step away, whether it's not attending the Zooms or the weekly meetups or whatever. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's a very interesting And I appreciate that part of your story, the fact that everybody was very kind and that she validated that for you. And I I don't know. I just think that's cool because I definitely don't hear that very often.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it happened that way. Um, Yeah. Is 2019
0: the most recent? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And here we are in 2022 and 2019 is the most recent. Yep. Income disclosure statement.
1: Right. Yeah, I know. I I thought they were supposed to come out every two years, and I'm not sure if that's true or if that's from the DSA or the FTC or who. Yeah, I'm not sure. Have you heard that before?
0: What? I have not heard that before. I mean, if they're making income, in my opinion, I feel like they should be putting out a new one every year. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's what a business should do. I think, but. Um, Let's see. So in a typical month, how much could I make? And it says in a typical month in 2019, about 389,975 US distributors ordered products for resale from doTERRA and about 152,069 of them earned money. So we're talking about less than half of them made money from those sales. Uh, Below is the earnings in a typical month before expenses. So first year distributors, which is 13,678 in 2019, earned more, 50%, excuse me, earned more than a hundred dollars. The top 10% earned more than $230 and the top 1% earned more than $860. And the way this is written, that looks to be like an annual income. Yeah, it is. So that probably doesn't even cover their monthly order. I mean, they're, they're bleeding money probably at this point. Even the top 1%, 137 distributors, first-year distributors in 2019, $860 for the year. What would a, a typical one product order cost in a month? Well, Roughly you're
1: over 100 PV. Um, we relied heavily on the promotion of our supplements to get people on the loyalty rewards program, Okay, really sold it as a necessary part of your daily wellness. Um, oh, and it's more consumable.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, people are going right. to take those every day,
0: hopefully. And so they're going to have to renew it. So if that makes sense, you know?
1: Right. But, you know, just like, just like every company, they had a product for everything. You know, so there was always something to order your shampoo, your skincare, all of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just depends on, you know, again, what level of participation people are at. Oh, yeah. The pay to play. But if you're if you're paying to play, which I still do not understand how that is legal. Yeah. Um, that's $100 or more, 100 PV or more. OK, so even. And
0: based off of this in 2019, I'm just doing some quick math because math is not necessarily my thing, (laughs) but in 2019, first year distributors, the top 1% and we'll do the same for all other distributors earned $860. So if they were there for the full year and they were placing hundred dollar orders, they would be, you know, just roughly, they would be in the hole for 140 bucks at the top 1%, you know, at the top yeah. 10%, they would, they would be in the hole much more along with, you know, 50% earned more than hundred bucks. So they are, it's costing them money in yeah. their first year, all of them. Right. If they have that monthly order, it's costing them money to operate their business. They are in the red. Absolutely. God, that's crazy. And see, like, this is something that people need to know. Income disclosure statements are something that if you are, if you are considering joining an MLM, this is the first thing that you need to ask for because it comes straight from the company. You're the person that you're talking to that's trying to recruit you is, can say anything that they want. And they do, in my opinion, you know, oh, I paid off my debt. I'm a six figure earner, bah, 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 all this stuff. I retired my husband. I'm driving this car. I'm Whatever. But that doesn't mean that that's what they're making. So this, this is gross income. This doesn't include expenses in most cases. Right. It doesn't include those trips. It doesn't include um, new products that you order outside of the monthly order or any of those things. So yeah, let's go to the other side of the house here on this income disclosure statement. Cause I find this really interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So all other distributors that are not new as of 2000 or in 2019, 50% of these distributors. So it's All of the distributors are 249,779 people. 50% of that, of those people, excuse me, earned more than $320 for the year. So they're in the hole. Yeah. I mean, the the numbers are terrible. They're awful. (laughs) Hey, let's join this company. And then operate in the red for however many so that the top 1% can can earn somewhat of an income. That's that's essentially what this is. Yeah. The top 10% earned more than 1260 So they're barely getting their monthly
1: orders. They're barely covered. breaking even. So in your second year, if you're in the top 10%, you might break even. Even. Yeah. Just on your monthly order. Yeah. Yeah. Top 1% in their second year and these or are beyond. sorry Aaron but these these are people who are trying to make a business that in this disclosure it's clear that these are people who are trying to do the business not
0: just customers or yeah. not a combination they want to make a substantial income for a for some kind of a reason they you know they're they're wanting income for their family for themselves you know whatever yeah top 1% earned more than 8 million seven hundred no excuse me eight thousand lord i got excited eight thousand seven hundred ninety three dollars and fifty two cents well i wonder why because everybody else is under them the top one percent wow that math is like it's
1: it's worse than i thought it would be it's (laughs) yeah it's really bad i mean the top one percent is not even making $9,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But they're making that almost 9,000 because of the people that are under them that are losing the money. If there were ever an example of what the FTC says, the, st- the statistics and data that they share with us, this income disclosure statement shows that.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and, and as far as the FTC goes, um, you know this week we're having the opportunity to submit comments. Yes. That's super important. I know this episode is, you know, it's like the deadlines today and I'm sure this episode won't go out then, but no, it'll go out. It'll go out Thursday morning at 4 a.m. Pacific time. Mm -hmm. So the, the meeting itself is happening tomorrow. Um, but it's about the opportunity rule, right? That there would have to be a cool off period of like 72 hours to a week when people get introduced to a "Quote unquote business opportunity," Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that they would have to be given disclosures, including an income disclosure. I mean, can you imagine, right? Like if we had actually seen this data before joining and had a minute to think about it, like I didn't
0: know there was a a thing. I didn't know that there was something called an income disclosure statement until last year. Mm -hmm. I had no idea, and it's it was in the Prove It back office the entire time.
1: Same. You're yeah. too distracted doing all this other bullshit, Yeah. but you don't, I mean, I never read the terms and per, the terms, you know, I didn't ever read the policies and procedures. I didn't read any of that stuff because yeah. you don't, even though you're in business with doTERRA, the way that your team operates makes it feel like you're in business with them. Exactly. But you're not, you're in business with a billion dollar company. Yep. And it's not your business. you're a rep for them. so it's it's so convoluted, yeah and complicated.
0: All of it is so complicated. The wording, where things are, how to you could say this, but you can't say that. And you know, but you're supposed to be your own boss. You're supposed to be making your own rules and and you're your own CEO, but you're you're so constrained by all of these rules and that most people don't read. But if you're in the top 1%, they basically let you do whatever you want. That's what I've seen kind of across the board. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Especially with the the doTERRA teams making COVID claims. Yep. We saw that recently. That was, you know, um, pretty shocking to see. But at the same time, our team did that kind of stuff all the time. And there was just this sort of understanding that behind closed doors, you could say whatever you want. Yeah. And, you know, what was frustrating for me is that I did try to be compliant. And, you know, I had people underneath me who would say things and I'd not understand how they didn't understand that because of our FDA warning letters. And doTERRA actually did enforce that for a while on my personal website. I had said, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, they they were enforcing that for a while. I don't know if they are anymore. I mean, 2014 to 2018 was really different than it is now in terms of social media. Oh yeah. I mean, so- 2015, 2016
0: is when social media really took off in the MLM space as far as how to operate a business. I mean, for me, uh, I went from doing in-home parties to taking a health and wellness business with Modair. Uh, I use the term business very loosely with that. And I'm using air quotes for those of you listening, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I took it and only did through social media, you know? And so very, very different with, yes, I agree with that. There's something pretty interesting from the income disclosure statement. And it says the top 1% of distributors hold ranks of silver, gold, platinum, Blue Diamond and President Presidential Diamond, and have spent three to eleven years, <laughs> and an average of eight and a half years on their business. So this is a a clear picture of first year distributors, and second year and beyond distributors. They're all lumped into one category as far as everybody else that's not in the first year, and on average they spend eight and a half years on their business. So the first year, just based off of this data they're in the hole. The second year they're in the hole unless you're in the top 1%. I I would love to see averages based on the years that they were in because these people that are at the top have been in it and probably in the hole in their business for many, many years. Now they're making a little bit more income because they've been in for longer and they have a team that is working every single month to be in the red in their business so that they can fund their leader.
1: <laughs> it's so crazy. I literally cannot believe I did that for four years now. Well, I mean, we didn't, uh,
0: when we were in MLMs, we really did think that we were helping people.
1: Yeah. Helping people and, and at the same time, right. Cause it's not just about the products you're doing this business, you know, and you're going to retire your husband and be able to afford to buy land and you know, yeah, live that dream and do all these things yeah. that are just pretty unrealistic for most people. Right. It's I I've heard other companies say it, but my uplines, you know, it's like doTERRA is a unicorn, right? Like we're so different. We, we do every, people from every company. We have the best sourcing. We have the best products. We have the best leaders. We have, you know, we, it's like that elevation of everything across the board and the distraction of their nonprofit and their sourcing model. It's like my upline uplines were very focused on that. And it made you feel good to see the good that the company was doing. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's a distraction.
0: Yeah. Literally every MLM company says that they're different. Right, (laughs) every single one. Most recently, I don't know if you saw this video or or whatnot, but because again, I don't assume everybody is like consumes every piece of content that I put out. That's not like that's weird. That feels like gross to me. Anyways, um, I did a, I think it was a live reaction. Yeah, it was a live deep dive with Julie Jo on my YouTube channel, and it was on the aerial comp plan. We were we were at that part of the video because one thing that Ariel sa- <clears throat> says over and over again is that we are so different. We're so different. And they, the, the CEOs of Ariel came from um, HempWorks and my daily choice, which is, you mm. know, uh, a CB, a CBD company uh, and hemp company. And we literally at one point had both comp plans. I was going back and forth and they were so similar that they were they, they had the same thing in the same places. So I would go over here to like ranks and then I would go over to the aerial comp plan. It would be ranks. Now the terminology might've been different, but down to the bonuses, down to the name, like the requirements of the bonuses, it was the same, but they're so different. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, um, I did a comparison with Kayla recently between doTERRA and Young Living. We looked at the comp plan and we looked at the income disclosures. And I mean, yeah, there are some differences in how those look and how they function. Yeah. At the end of the day, we both spent four years and only hit the second rank. It's like, we basically had the same experience and it wasn't because we had a better or worse comp plan. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think one of the only sort of, vetting questions I asked my upline after I'd already enrolled, um, was what the difference between Young Living and doTERRA was. And they sort of went through that whole origin story of doTERRA coming out of Young Living. Mm -hmm. The comp plan is like reversed from Young Living. So on the, the levels of your team, Mm -hmm. um, doTERRA, pays the least on the top and the most on your seventh level. I think they only pay seven levels down. So structure's huge in that there are tons of different structural bonuses. There's a fast start bonus. Mm -hmm. um, And then there are different leadership pool bonuses. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Of course you can make a little profit on retail sales, but nobody buys retails retail friends. Don't let friends buy retail. Exactly. I've heard that term before. (laughs) We only let our friends get the best, best pricing. That's right. Um, shoot. I think I kind of lost my train of thought there, But, (laughs) but I mean, the thing with the thing with it is like the, what made it different from young living, at least if not other MLMs is they really talked about, this is not get rich quick. Yeah. They really were like, be consistent you know, yeah. the only people who fail are the ones who quit. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. So it really, like, kind of tugged at your work ethic, yeah. right? If you think that you're um, somebody who can do that, then yeah. you just stay in longer and lose more money. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, that that ticker is is going.
0: <laughs> that cash register is running like in reverse. You're putting money in the cash register going, okay, but if I just believe enough, if I just, you know, if I just show up consistently, I'm coming to the training, I'm going to the event. Okay. That's another thousand dollars because airfare food, Mm -hmm. you know, the the ticket event and all right, that's okay. I'm going to get this back. I'm going to get this back. I'm going to get this back. And it's like, you're constantly, you know, feeding your own cash register in your business. I think this is a perfect visual for this from your personal checking account. Yeah. That's
1: not a business. Yeah. I mean, they they just, they weave the personal and the business together so much, you know, it's well, you're investing in your business, but you're going to use these products anyway. So the, the lines are always really blurred, very blurred. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, we're consumer investors, the customers are the people running the whole show. Yeah. Um, customers are the distributors the customers are the distributors, that's right. You know, and I tried so many different ways to sort of like make it authentic to me. And I, I had been, you know, because of my background, I did a bunch of DIY classes and that sort of thing and partnered with yoga teachers and would go do a, you know, like a specialty workshop. Love that. Um, yeah, I mean that, that part was, um, that's the part I enjoyed. But when that didn't work, then I was like, okay, maybe if I just like, just do the doTERRA system, the training, like just do doTERRA, maybe that'll work. And, you know, like I said, it, it was so logistical and really boring. You know, you're just moving people around on your team to hit rank. That was kind of the, the out for me. it was like, I'm,
0: I don't want to do this anymore.
1: I don't want the, There's no time freedom. My uplines, this is okay. their whole life there is no time freedom and i was like that is the whole time i had sort of thought that it would get me to a place of this quote unquote residual income and i could go do these other things that i actually really wanted to do and um yeah when you when i just started to really see how um you know it's really all about managing a downline yeah and recruiting really not what I signed up for. And it's really not what they talked about, right? Like they talked about um, doTERRA being a form of healthcare and Mm. wow, that's predatory. (laughs) I know on my team old team website, I'm not in any of the groups anymore, but they have this, I'm just going to pull it up really quickly. They have a webinar that I'm like dying to dig into. I've watched a little bit about it. It's called free doTERRA healthcare learn how to receive free doTERRA healthcare, support your community and earn an additional $1,500 per month. So they're making this like health claim and income claim at once. Yep. Yeah, to see what know. they can rope people in from. Yeah, uh, I listened to part of it in my upline. Her life-changing story went from one of healing from uh, chronic infection to one of financial being saved financially from doTERRA. All of that was there before, but she really focused on the health part. And this was very strongly on the income yeah. and um, her rags, her riches story there. Yep. But this $1,500 is a structural bonus. It's all about recruiting. It's all about getting people in the right place. Interesting. You no, know, But you're doing it at the same time, thinking that you're just sharing these yeah, I'm just helping people. Natural plant medicines, and you know, big pharma is evil. So we have to offer this alternative. And you know, the f- truth is that our healthcare system doesn't serve people very well a lot of the time. Yeah, a lot of people are um, suffering, you know, getting not getting the care they need, or going into debt. These kind of things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me, that was like part of my why I was like, I want everybody to have equal access to healthcare and good healthcare and healthy food. And yeah, I want people to have access to this stuff and not have it just be something that people with privilege have access to. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing for me too. It's like to do doTERRA or any, I don't know, for me, I just feel like had I not already had a certain level of privilege, I couldn't have afforded that $100 PV per month and investing in my business that was giving me zero return that I took a loss on for four years in a row. So, you know, when they talk about trying to help people who are financially struggling, like you can't actually really do an MLM if you're struggling financially that much, unless you're going into massive debt. Yeah.
0: And then you have, certain companies that in my opinion, actively recruit a certain demographic, people of color. Um, I, I, there's a handful of companies that come up to mind that I know are doing this. Wow yeah, right, like disgusting. Herbalife in LA, right? Yeah, yeah. the Hispanic uh, community and Herbalife. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, TLC and the African-American community. And uh, I think that it's disgusting. I think that it is absolutely disgusting. And the thing that I find interesting, just to kind of double back on that webinar that you were talking about is typically when you see a product slash opportunity kind of webinar or Zoom or something, they normally, the bonus that they, that is normally mentioned is usually the fast start bonus. But I find it very interesting that your former upline is using a team building essentially bonus instead of the fast start. That is really fascinating and also very predatory, in my opinion, because she's saying, he or she is saying, you know, uh, you can earn 1500 but how many years did it take her to do that? Like, let's look at the income disclosure. You know what I'm saying? That's false advertising.
1: It, yeah, it is. I mean, we didn't talk too much about the fast start, honestly. I mean, I think that was definitely incentive for people to get started with their team um, but they really did put a lot of emphasis on, you know, getting your team structure in place for those bigger bonuses. But also again, that idea of it's not get rich quick. You have to yep. put in the work.
0: You have to be consistent. You have to believe enough, make sure that you get to the company event because you know, leaders show up. Oh God. <sighs> you
1: know, um, they also worked with, you know, a, um, Oh, what's the guy's name? Covey, James Covey, seven habits of highly successful. Yep. 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 So there was a coach trained by him that my upline hired and used for, you know, different um, like retreat conferences that the team would put on. Um, And a lot of that kind of coaching is useful. I think, you know, it's not all bad but i just am starting to feel like there's a special place in hell for these kind of coaches that work with mlm leaders yes because they know that that kind of that this kind of business model is a scam yes cuz they're not doing it <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm so glad we're talking about this because I was thinking about this early in our conversation and then we went off on another tangent and that, that was totally cool, but I definitely agree with you. I think that there are industry generic trainers that know exactly what they're doing and they're highlighting the top 1%. And that 1% that is buying their programs or, you know, like Eric Worry has his mastermind and he's highlighting the top 1%. Like, look at these results that we're getting by being a part of this mastermind. Meanwhile, the people in the mastermind are recruiting other people to join this $25,000 mastermind group where they meet and get together quarterly and everybody shares their ideas and all of this stuff. And I remember very clearly some of the, really in my opinion disgusting things that he has said at 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 events things like when i learned these the averages as far as uh recruiting i was at one point bringing in anywhere from like 3 to 6 new distributors i w- i want to say kind of on average um a month and i think if i recall he says that if you have recruited 10 plus people in your career in multi-level marketing, network marketing, he calls it, you're what's considered a super recruiter. And I remember, lear- I remember writing this down at his event going, what? I thought I wasn't doing enough, which is a perfect example of how people feel in multi-level right. marketing companies. Right. The other thing that I remember him saying, and this is a perfect example of I don't want to say predators, but people that are, I think, I think they are very aware of what they are doing and they are preying on people that are already being preyed on in a sense. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And I remember things like he would say, um, you know, if they joined a, if they joined a multi-level marketing company or a network marketing company, as he refers it to, or refers it as, you know, they're going to join another one. It's in their blood. I could mimic the things that he says, like I can mimic his body language and stuff because I heard it so much. And so when somebody says no, well, they they were a part of it. Oh, you know, you, you must have a story. I'd love to hear it. And just all of these kind of things that are very predatory that this specific demographic that you're talking about definitely preys on an already preyed on demographic. I know it's
1: hard to kind of articulate. Yeah. people are, but um, I mean, Eric worry is a big, a good, ex- like a huge example yeah. of that. This person um, lives in Utah and her um, mastermind, if you will, was called the inner circle mm-hmm. and i sure it cost thousands of dollars. I think it was 10. I'm not sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then there are those crossover people who are also in the MLM, oh. but have either rebranded themselves as a coach. I can think of like several within doTERRA, but then, you know, there's others out there named Oh, I'll say the names. I will say the names. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's like, and then that sort of- It's icky. It's so icky. And we had so many people on our team or like cross team or whatever. Um, So many people in doTERRA will sort of do this rebranding of themselves as, Whatever, like health coaches or shamans or mm-hmm. people with other kinds of healthcare backgrounds, and they go write books, and then so they're they're really doing that to leverage their influence, exactly, so that they can build their team yes. and sell a product. It's like double dipping. It's just it's
0: like double dipping. Yeah, I, yeah, totally, totally. I cannot stand some of these network marketing trainers that are also actively building and i'm just these people that i'm going to mention are public figures and if you know you know john and nadia melton the lifestyle academy those are two people that are actively building in modair in my opinion they are also people that are looking to recruit other people through their lifestyle academy training oh i'll show you how to do network marketing i'll show you how to do social media people join their group they pay for their stuff then they learn that they're actively building. Hey, I'm having an opportunity, Zoom, or I'm having whatever. They invite these people that have already paid for their social media courses or whatever, then they join Modare. And in my opinion, I think this is where bridge contracts come into play within this specific demographic of people. not all companies do bridge contracts, but I think that's how that happens. They're promoting the book or they're promoting this or they're promoting this other thing that has not really anything to do with the product that they're selling, but they're using it as a tool to recruit, to build their team. And I think that is disgusting.
1: Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, you know, I sort of, because I'm I'm just coming around to really processing and digesting all of this information. I've been looking at that and I'm not quite sure what to do with it yet, but I just have seen, you know very high ranking leaders um, with either the company that supplies the roller bottles and all those books that other leaders are making. yep. or they're just a thought leader now, but they're still doing Doterra. You know, and I've had to sort of like, look, and like, are they even still doing, oh yeah, they're still doing doTERRA. They're just at the, I don't know. I think it's just about how it looks on social media.
0: If somebody says, Hey, I'm a, I'm a doTERRA distributor. People are going to be like, because mm, people have very strong opinions about MLMs. And so if they put that in their bio, people are going to be like, no, no, thank you. But if they're a wellness advocate or if they are a wellness coach, nobody really knows what that means. Cause it's such a broad term, you know? So yeah. yeah.
1: Um, oh, sorry. I just lost my thought. You're good. Um, this has been a great combo. Well, I mean, there's just so much there, there is, there's just so much. It was going to be about one of the other top leaders. Sorry. I'll see if I can find it again. You're fine.
0: We'll just, we'll just, if you remember, just let me know, but okay. so my question for you is if you, if somebody is listening to this, this is a question that I, that I ask, uh, sometimes if somebody is looking to join doTERRA and they happen to be listening to this podcast, what advice would you give
1: them? Um, I think I'm going to answer that maybe in two different ways, because if you're joining as a customer, uh, something that I was indoctrinated to believe is that doTERRA was the only company out there producing Mm. pure essential oils, right? They have their own testing uh, or certification label, certified pure therapeutic grade. Now they're calling it certified pure testing or tested grade. Mm. They changed what the T stands for recently I noticed. So whatever it's, it means nothing really. Um, so I would say to a potential customer, um, there are plenty of other viable essential oil, um, makers, manufacturers out there that aren't MLMs. So find one of those. There are plenty available. Um, you know, and, and While adulteration may occur in the marketplace, by and large, I'm sure your product is going to be fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm going on another tangent here. No, you're fine. I love it. In terms of essential, uh, internal use of essential oils, doTERRA would say, well, because ours are the purest, that makes that okay. And it's not whether or not it's pure or not, it's that internal use is highly problematic. Yeah.
0: you know? Um, so I was I actually just going to ask you
1: that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, am I, I try to find kind of the middle path with things and, um, I, I don't take essential oils internally, but I've done a little research lately, just kind of looking at that again. Yeah. Um, there are clinically tested products on the market that use Lavella, which is a form of lavender. Um, but that's a clinically tested product that's not just put lavender into a capsule and take it or gargle with oregano. I mean, like, Oh, I can't imagine that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and, and the information about safety is really not, um, sufficient within an MLM at all. um, So I guess what I'm trying to say is there may be occasions when that's appropriate or you can do it in a safe way, but work with a clinical aromatherapist if you're going to do that. Yeah.
0: Don't go to your MLM for that information.
1: Go to, go to an expert, go to an expert. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't recommend internal use, but, um, again, I think there may be a time and place in which it could be appropriate, especially with lavender because it's been highly researched. Yeah. Um, that is not the case for like all the other oils really. Yeah. Um, and then if you're coming to doTERRA for the business, op- I mean, again, just like look at the income disclosure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or that's what I try ask to tell everybody more questions. Yeah. Um,
0: Profit and loss statement. Show me your profit and loss statement. Show me the
1: profit and loss.
0: Most of them are probably going to go, huh? I don't even know what that is. I wouldn't have known that. I would have said, well, last year I sold $77,000 in products. I I couldn't have told you until my accountant was like, hey, you, you made about $10,000 last year. What? I sold $77,000. That tells you what I was spending on my business. But you know, it's a tax write-off. It's
1: right, tax write-off. right, because yeah. you're business
0: savvy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that was one of the things that my former leader, you know, loved to throw around, was the fact that I didn't know how to operate a business. Okay. <laughs> but
1: aren't that you sh- shaming?
0: You, you, you know, you, if you can't control somebody, you know, that's left, you have to shame them to kind of prevent other people from listening to what they have to say. It hasn't worked out very well for her, actually. <laughs>
1: That's terrible. Yeah. So shitty. I'm sorry. Oh, it's,
0: I mean, I'm using it as a platform to help others. Yeah. Because not everybody has a, you know, a kind MLM team like you did. I'm glad that that was your experience because the majority of the time it's not. It's ugly. It's competitive. It's, yeah, it's gross. So.
1: Yeah. I also just don't think it's authentic anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I was lucky to have people around me who, um, who did act, um, kindly, but I don't feel like that's authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I just got lucky.
0: Yeah. You, I mean, you really, you really did. You really, yeah, you definitely did. Not that you, and I don't think anybody should join doTERRA or any MLM for that matter, but I think that the experience with the team was a decent one for you, and I'm, I'm for that. I'm grateful because the amount of stuff that you have to work through when you're leaving an MLM is already enough. But when you throw on like the smear campaigns and all of the things that some of these these former leaders like to do, and you know the blocking and the transactional relationships, that it's a lot. So I will always use my platform to expose that kind of behavior. So, Jamie this was an incredible podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and uh, your insight on doTERRA. I hope that we start talking about this company a little bit more. So yeah. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: And is it okay if I include your, uh, your Instagram information, you can tell me like which, whatever account you want me to send, I'll put it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, you guys, thanks for listening to another episode. Jamie, I'll see you on social media. You guys go follow her on social media. Link is in the uh, the podcast description. And uh, I will see you guys on the next episode. Have a great one, friends. Bye.